We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the beautiful USA and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu fresh two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy, and their hamburger even won the Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. Everybody wants to get in on this. These guys take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics or hormones. So head to HassleCattleCompany.com, that's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com, and use promo code DNVR10 for 10 percent off your order plus any orders over two hundred dollars get you free shipping again use code dnvr10 check them out today and we promise you will not be disappointed DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. My DraftKings pick of the week always seems to cash for me. Herman Marquez over on K's. It's six and a half this time, and he always finds a way to get there. Even if the scoreboard doesn't look necessarily great, you don't have to bet on him to win. You don't have to bet on him to get a good ERA. You just need him to strike a bunch of dudes out. And He seems to do that no matter what. So that's where I'm going. I'm going with a Rockies bet that you can consistently land. Highly recommend it. If that's not for you, of course, you can always bet on the Avs, whether you like someone to score a goal or you like them to take down a win. They have amazing spots. They have amazing boosts at DraftKings Sportsbook every single day, so you can make tons of money that way. Check them out today at the DraftKings Sportsbook app or their website. Either way, other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by Blaze Hunter and AJ Hayfley. As the Avs do something for the first time this year, they come back from trailing at the start of the third period and win a hockey game. Takes overtime to do it, but they get the job done. It was a windy road, this (laughs) hockey game for the Avs. It was a windy road, but the W is in the book. They don't ask how. They only ask how many. And the Avs are two points behind Vegas with a game in hand for the top spot in the NHL. I guess Carolina's further ahead, but for the top spot in the West, we'll say top spot in the West. Uh, That's pretty good. All the way around. (laughs) We'll get to all of it. Let's, Let's do our best to go in chronological order here. Turnovers were a problem in this hockey game from minute zero to minute 60, I think for the Avs, their first goal for San Jose comes immediately off of Val Nichushkin, just turning his brain off and throwing a floater back towards his defenseman for no apparent reason. Well, then slapping at it again. Yeah. It goes right to Kane. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it he would have not... been better off just trying to put it in the corner instead of just slapping it right to sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Sorry, I was looking something up just as he was talking, so that's why I was like <laughs> drifting off into mental space. That's a that's an interesting super chat. <laughs> I, I have to imagine the Yavs have learned that lesson about the S and P Center, at the very least. <laughs> uh, put it that way, but yeah. And in any case, uh, the Avs get the first goal back almost right away, uh, two minutes later or something, I think it was, uh, with Miko Rantanen getting a puck on his backhand and Martin Jones being Martin Jones. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, I going into the third period, I thought Martin Jones had actually played pretty well. Um, Not at the end of the third period. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you could you could argue all three of Colorado's last three goals were, yeah, not great. I, yeah, the last one for sure. Well, he <laughs> doesn't brutal. even move on the Landeskog goal. Yep. Yeah. Like short side too. Short side in the corner. See it? <laughs> like what? What happened? He barely flinches on that thing. Was that just he like? Might. Was 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 he just like? Oh, okay. It got by me. I like, I, lost. <laughs> yeah. I, I, just, I don't know. I, it was so, it was so bizarre. And then like the cadre goal, like that's a, as soon as, as soon as I saw him go and get that puck, I was like, oh, this yeah. is be fun. This is, <laughs> like, this is the perfect moment for it to happen. Like that's, that's exactly like, that's a, that's just like the, the cadreiest goal possible. <laughs> you know, like a big, a big time goal that you just needed and comes right at the right time. Just it was it was it was perfect. It, I I like yeah. how I said let's go in chronological order and we skip straight to the third period. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I, no, no, I I'm saying we, this is correct. The, the tape from that second period should be buried next to the holy grail ooh. in some unfindable location. I I so I my game story was done. Uh, and then the abs did good things. <laughs> forced me to continue to basically burn it. Um, I'm not. I'm not erasing it. You guys are going to read what I had written. Uh, I'm just adding on to it. They. Uh, I still have. I still have the abs losing at the top of my game story right now. That's <laughs> that's, that's staying. <laughs> I just that second period. It was so like. They play a weird game against the Sharks two days ago, right? Like yeah. So odd. So many weird bounces, so many weird things. Like, goalies out of the net. Like, Connor Timmons getting hit with the puck, like, while on all fours inside the goal. Like, it's <laughs> like a, a goofy game. Like, a double doink with Soderberg. And yep, yep. All kinds of strange things happened. And then tonight, another really goofy game, but in a totally different way. Like the second period has been Colorado's playground this yep. year. Like they, whatever happens in the first period, you're like, oh god, now we got to put up with these guys in the second period. <laughs> and then that's typically decided the game. If the Avs go out and they they whoop up on somebody, they roll into the third period and they take care of business. Straight up, you know, if they don't and they have the lead or they they trail, they lose. If they're tied all over the place but they usually win and it's just like okay like the second period kind of kind of decides their fate it's kind of a weird trait but is how it is and they get outshot 13 to yeah, 2 just awful <laughs> hockey from the ass yeah all the way around i mean what <laughs> by the shots how bad was the defensive positioning in the second period? Just like weird, right? It was just like during the second period, everyone well, forgot how to play hockey. It was like it, it was like they had never met each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. It uh, looked like it looked like the first day of training camp, and they roll out there and they just they're like loosey goosey, like firing pucks all over the place and. Like the Nemeth one where, and you could, like, I was, like, the broadcast is talking about it. And they're like, oh, they just haven't managed the puck very well. They've been turning it over like crazy. And, like, 
as as it's coming out of Mosier's mouth, you know, like yeah. they're getting into it. <laughs> like the Nemeth horror show is taking place where yep. you're just you're you're doing the you look like Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone, where you're like, <laughs> What are you doing? There were any other direction on the ice would have been a better place to put that. <laughs> well, it, it, was like, it was like he could have he he could have put it because he's not even trying to hit Tyson Jost. He's, he's trying, trying to go to through to Berkey. Yeah. yeah. And like Jost like tries to step over it because he's like, what the, what are you doing? <laughs> like well, there's nobody else on the ice. What the hell is happening? Here? I mean, I think the damning part for me is there was no need for urgency there. There wasn't a shark within 20 feet of that guy. They though. were, they were on a line change and it was like, <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Like, I understand. Like, Patrick, I, I am comfortable with the idea that when under pressure, Patrick Nemeth is going to make decisions that are going to frustrate everybody on the planet. That's, look, that's true of Patrick Nemeth. That's true of probably 65% of the defensemen in the NHL. But, like, that's just a, it is a very normal and acceptable trait for defensive defensemen in the league. That is a That is a thing that you live with. But when a guy has no pressure, he has legitimately four teammates on the ice, all four of whom are outlet options. He has no opposing player within 10 feet of him. And he does, he fires a puck into a teammate's skate. He does like the one thing that results in a turnover. You have to have like, and, and Bedner's been like, look, He's rusty. He didn't play. He didn't play for three that, weeks the, the prior to us getting him on that rust. Like, but, you know, he didn't blah, 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 blah. Right. Like he's been rusty. There are things. There are some defensive zone details that we've liked from him. The, I thought last game, I thought he was he was a lot better defensively. He obviously got the big time goal. You started to feel like, OK, this is the Patrick Nemeth experience they signed up for. And, and then, then he tonight, has this game, and it's just right back in the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you go right back to it, and you're just like, bro, like, bro, this <laughs> is this is a super big problem here. Like, this is no longer yeah. like, like Connor Timmons' ascent is now required. Yep, Sam Gerard coming back is now required. I mean, that was required anyway. And this is my question to you, Blaze, is, is what is the, the leash here with Patrick Nemeth? If if this play continues, can you, as Jared Bednar or whoever, you as yourself, can you start this guy in the playoffs being Patrick Nemeth? No, no. The Avs need to get healthy. Like, I would rather see McDonald out there than Nemeth at this point right now. Well, and, like, McDonald skates today at practice. Yeah. Yeah. And so... All right, now Timmins. Timmins, I thought Timmins was I it was nowhere near what we'd seen the last two games. He wasn't an impact guy. I didn't have any real problems with it. I'd have to look at the numbers to see if this was a total mess or whatever. But the oof. he wasn't flipping pucks to the other team at will, so that was an improvement <laughs> over at least a handful of guys. Um, it it's tough, it, and that conversation continues with Timmins with Byram. With Gerard, at what yeah. point do you have too many good options? Do you not at the moment? It that does that is not sure. a of course it's not at the moment. Of course it's not until people are healthy. But yeah. I look every hockey team in the history of time has a hard time when they go, "Well, we gave up assets for this guy. We made a trade for him for this playoff push. We're not gonna sit him." Yeah, I look. <laughs> you're you're reaching the point where look. If Bowen Byram gets healthy and Jacob McDonald are healthy, you have a serious conversation on your hands. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you just do. Like, I understand Byram's a teenager and blah, 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 blah. But, dude, you can't with this. You can't. You can't. This version, this version of Patrick Nemeth yeah. cannot take the ice for you if you have other options at the start of the postseason. Yeah, I like. I agree. I I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> it's I, like he can't even. He doesn't feel the puck or anything out there. He he looks a little lost when he's in the deep zone, which is kind of scary for a D man. 
you know, just like some of the decisions you can kind of see him. He's like trying to go to one player and then move into the other one. It, I, it, that's the thing is like, and, and as AJ has put it over the first handful of games with Nemeth, it's like, look, the, the bad parts of his game are the bad parts of his game. You live with those because he does things like block shots. He's blocked like two shots since he's come here. It's not been the parts of the game you expect him to excel at just haven't been there enough. Yeah. Straight up. Like the problem, the problem, the problem with the Nemeth conversation right now is that the, the downsides of his game that you accept are the only ones that, that you're seeing game right now. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And so it's just, you're really, it's a struggle because again, this is the classic like veteran guy. Like you give him a long leash, you let him work through his issues. But when you have a defense, like they've had this year, like I'm, <laughs> I, I'm not necessarily saying he should get playing time over him, but like Dan Renuff was totally acceptable. I mean, tonight. I think Th- yeah. This is a good conversation because when you're comparing him to Kadri, who this podcast and everyone has given an extremely long leash to on the offensive side. Yeah. When you look at the realistic replacement options for Nazem Kadri at center, as much as I love Shane Bowers, he's not going to score a ton for you if you're dropping him in on a, as a 2C. <laughs> it's just not realistic. When you look at the defenseman that could replace Patrick Nemeth, lot of intriguing dudes it's a big difference yeah i mean until until they brought alex newhook on the trip and all but said we have to give this guy a look at some point um like you're not having the conversation about replacing Kadri with anything it's right you have to ride that out he's too important to you he's too he's too established blah 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 but with Kadri, you also knew, like, you give that guy 20 games, yeah, of course, he's, it's going to work out. He's going to work it out. And then watch, he's, the next five games. He'll go off. He's, yeah. he's streaky. If that yeah, guy, he's a streaky if, player. If that guy doesn't, if he's not a point-per-game player, I think we'd all be surprised. If he's not a point-per-game player over the next week. All right. I do want to continue the Kadri conversation. A couple quick questions, and we have to take our first break, though. Byram skated today on his own. We'll see how that goes. That's that's he needs to he needs to get back on the ice. Yep. Um, that's that's the step with them with them on the road. You don't worry about this road trip. You think about the last two games at home against LA. Him skating on his own. If he can get himself ready for the twelfth and thirteenth, we cook in. Yep. And Patrick <laughs> Nemeth is twenty nine. This podcast is sponsored by. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get that down at the DNVR bar with eight different kinds on tap. You can also check out the 15-can sampler seltzer pack, which is all absolutely delicious. Find it at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator online. Also brought to you guys by Gabby Insurance. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash DNVR. Hit them up. They're absolutely free to use, and they will very likely save you a large sum of money on your home and auto insurance. The average user saves $961 with them. So that's like almost a thousand bucks. That's you're 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 pushing into stimmy check territory amount of savings at that point. Uh, get on it. Check them out now. Again, they're completely free to use and super easy. So Gabby.com slash DNVR. Let them know we sent you over their way. And with those savings, head on over to the DNVR.com. Get yourself an annual membership, not only to get all of our amazing content. By the way, if you haven't read AJ's piece on Connor Timmons, go check that thing out. It's dope. Highly recommend. A lot of you said nice things about that piece today, by the way. So thank you. I appreciate it. I stayed up till five in the morning working on it. There you go. Always always burning the midnight oil here at DNVR. Just ask Blaze working on the shirts over there at four in the morning. Uh, yeah, sign up. You get a free shirt. You get a free mask. You get a bunch of other awesome perks like joining us in the DNVR lounge, big beers down at the DNVR bar, and our amazing content too, because why not, right? Uh, yeah, we have a fun time. It supports us in a big way when you sign up for our annual memberships. You can like and subscribe on the YouTube channel as well, as uh, that does help us out as well. But in any case, let's get back to the, the conversation I had. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We had a $10 super chat earlier 
asking about Kadri. If you were coach, who Ooh. would be on Kadri's line? The Don Skoy Soderberg line combo seems to have difficulty controlling the puck sometimes, and same with Sherwood. So, um, I, I think that uh, I, I I've said that I love Burakovsky with Joe Stunichushkin. I, I would keep it. I personally do. After I, tonight, how do you mess no, with him? Yeah. I yeah. even before tonight, I I just thought it it was it it goes so well. Two two dudes with stone hands that can't finish, right? Like like they they'll bang home a puck or two once a month, twice a month, or something. But otherwise, these are guys these are guys that are just dominating puck possession. They create and to have so a, much opportunity if you put someone who can finish. Yeah, that level of finisher next to it was just like yeah, I'm. I vibe him with this whole combination. P.S. Most Val Nichushkin goal ever where Burakovsky shoots it in. It's a perfect – like a, it is perfect. It is exactly what <laughs> we you think that. of for like a Nichushkin goal. Like goals going off his face. Yeah. Like, like breakaways, breakaways getting stuffed, like <laughs> bouncing it off the inside of his skate. Like silly, like silly stuff, right? But <laughs> – Blaze got to update the graphic with somebody else. I was sick. Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was saying. I was like, true. I might have to add another, like, hit the other stick in there in front of it and then highlight that stick. It's <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> um, but to I the think, point at hand, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Donskoy and 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 Brandon Sod are when Sod is back. Yeah, I think that's my combo. Who you run Sod Until, then? Until well, no Kadri at center, and then until oh, okay, I, and and then I have Soderberg like Soderberg, Belmar, and Comfort on my fourth line. Sure. Now, until Saad comes back, that's Alex Newhook's spot, in my Ooh. opinion. That's where I put him. Ooh. I put Newhook on the left side next to Kadri and Donskoy. I have you have a you have a shooter. You have a you have a guy that helps you get through the neutral zone, and Donskoy is a kind of a do a little bit of a jack of all trades kind of guy can finish, but is also a slick playmaker and a really good puck handler. And New Hook, we're we're gonna see kind of how he rolls. <laughs> but that's that's exactly how I would have them aligned. I'm not putting Alex Newhook. I'm and I've said this a thousand, I'm not putting him on that fourth line. I'm yeah. not playing with that. I'm not messing with it. Um if you're gonna put if you're gonna play him, you play him. You give him a you give him a serious look. You put him in a position to succeed, and you mess with you mess with him as a center later on or in a different situation, whatever. But you don't don't don't. I'm not worried about him as a center right now. I'm not giving him that defensive responsibility right now. It's a it's a lot. It's a lot for that guy to try and handle right off the hop, and this is like. He not pay, he not Peyton Krebs. He's not going to come in and play that mature defensive game right away. So don't ask don't don't ask him to. Ask him to be who he is offensively on the left side next to a couple of established cats that can help lift him up. And between his playmaking and his shot, well, I, I don't <laughs> I don't mind him next to Kadri specifically because you take a player like Kadri and you're telling Newhook you don't have to carry the puck that much with this guy in your line. Yeah. You can, you can play away from the puck and just get to the right spots and you'll be just fine. Yeah. So, yeah. And like, look, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that it would be a total waste to put him on the fourth line. If it's like Soderbergh, Kadri and, and Donskoy, you're kind of like, eh, whatever. And then your fourth line though, has a little bit of juice next with Belmar and Comfer. There's a little bit of skill there. There's a little bit of skating that he, he comes in. The problem is, is that, that line is very situationally used. You have that's, ex- exactly that. If you're putting New Hook on the fourth line, you have to understand how it affects the usage of the line, because it, if you're dropping New Hook out for a defensive zone faceoff and you lose the puck, you're just not putting him in a situation to succeed. This yep. is not a good way to evaluate him either. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, it, yeah, like really what's the point? What potential is like what? What is what is like you love the upside there, right? But him playing seven minutes in that kind of a role is just like, yeah. Like you, 
you watch this guy get dropped in the AHL, take one whole game to adjust, and then just started smoking the league. <laughs> like, um, let's do the same. Let's do the same thing. Uh, I, th- I think when it comes to the NHL, I mean, you just put him in a position to be who he is and succeed at his at his highest level. Chat, I promise we'll talk about Tom Wilson at some point. Yep. Uh, that, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, it might be tomorrow's conversation. So yeah, we have a show to talk it's about very tomorrow. Well could be tomorrow. Because I think that's an in depth conversation. And tonight's kind of a big night. Yep. The big comeback win and all that. I think we'll probably we'll probably keep it focused on this for now. But definitely know that we'll be touching on Tom Wilson because there are some thoughts. And the whole Caps org after that, too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Ooh, not maybe, the whole or maybe maybe chill out social media, fella. Yeah, that a little a bit. Big so Devin Dubnik yeah. t- tested positive for COVID. Uh, he's he's uh, out for two weeks. Um, he'll stay in San Jose when the team leaves, and he'll drive back to Denver when his two weeks is over. I wonder so, if he still has his home in San Jose. He does. He yeah, does. yeah. So he'll stay there, um, and that's hope that's the end of the list this time basically well and and they've got two back-to-backs yep uh this weekend next so it's not an irrelevant positive test i mean this is it's jojo on the on the back-to-back now yep um anyway sticking to tonight we talked then in depth about the nemeth goal third goal against the avs in the second period uh Landy kind of just walks himself into trouble at the blue line and ends up turning it over. McCarr gets caught by Kane, can't track him down. And then he was so on replay, so, so close, close to he, getting that. He stick. almost <laughs> did. But <laughs> I think, come on, Groovy. Right. Exactly. The conversation here is going to be umbrellaed under the Avs won this game. So it didn't matter. There was awful defense in front of him. Groovy, not that good tonight. No. Nope. Um, I told you, you guys are going to read what I wrote before they, the big comeback, and I have a whole thing on Grubauer just not playing very well, and that it really shows the vulnerability of this team. When Grubauer's not locked in at his best, you see, you know, they're they're vulnerable. I will give Grubauer credit. After those two goals in the second period, he made some big saves to keep it from getting to that fourth goal, to make it, to keep it from getting to 4-1. Now, it got to four two on the Meyer goal. The Meyer goal didn't bother me at all. It, Timo that, Timo Meyer's a, a a very very it, good goal scorer. It went posted in with the screen, the far yeah. side, like hard to blame Gruby on that. Yeah, one. I have no issues with that fourth goal uh, uh, for Gruby, but the I really struggled with the hurdle goal. Uh, the first goal doesn't really bother me that much either because that's way more about a turnover, like. Evander Evander Kane is a guy that like rolls in goals every year. For that guy to score both on a breakaway and alone in you know five feet away from him, the the breakaway. What I didn't love about it is that like Groovy didn't read it. Kane doesn't really make much of a move. McCarr defends him enough to help his goaltender, and he bites on a move that doesn't exist, and he like lays out in a goofy way where you're just like. If he just gets his leg against the post on that opposite side, it's not it's, a goal. Yeah, right? it's not a goal. And he doesn't have to worry about it being like last game where there's a follow-up. Right. <laughs> and and then, yeah, the hurdle one, both, first of all, after the turnover, Nemeth full YOLO commits to hurdle and just gets walked. And then Gruby also full YOLO committed the same direction as Nemeth. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Well, and and yeah, the hurdle one, the hurdle one really bothered me because it's like that's not much of a move. Yeah. And he's diving like that puck goes into the center of the net. Yeah. That's how out of position you got on one one deke to the inside. It was just and, and it's it's so uncharacteristic because what like when Grubauer is at his absolute best, it's when he's reading the play. Every save looks yeah. super routine because he's yeah. locked on it. And and for him to have bit like that hard on a like a basic move, I it just was not. I just didn't think it was a very special goal. Um, I wonder. 
I, I wonder if he thought that the defenseman was going to take yeah, away that that's lane, kind of right? What I, I assume so he thought it was going to be like a there. short side shot. We expected and then... Nemeth to just take away the the far side move, and then well, like... if you if you watch his head, you'll see uh, that when that gets turned over, the first thing he does is he looks to his defense to his left and says, "What do I have over here?" And I think when he did that and he saw that he had like Nemeth was existing, he just ignored he just that ass- half. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. he just assumed that he was going to be good. So, but maybe that's as much a conversation as Nemeth not being adjusted big, to Grubauer behind him as anything. I was going to say, like, it's kind of a big assumption to make in that situation. Um, but it, Either way, I just didn't think it was very. Yeah. I didn't think it was very good from him, but it ended up being good enough. He made a couple of big saves down the stretch, and then I tell you, Jonas Donskoy on that back check. Ooh, did he on Kane <laughs> with like ninety seconds left in regulation? Ooh, that was big. But that that was a phenomenal example of what I talk about when I say that defense is a team concept. You can't just look at the defenseman and go, "Okay, well, where's the defense?" Like Donskoy, they needed help on that one, and Donskoy bailed them out I coming think, back and getting yeah, them. The, the Sharks' fourth goal is a prime example of the opposite. The Avs give up a four on two because Miko's mad about an uncalled penalty, and then McKinnon yep. is literally just coasting through the neutral zone. <laughs> and yep. Your forwards got to help out, man. You can't just abandon yeah. them back there. Well, and when they're when they're at their absolute best defensively, it's because like you see, they do a phenomenal job as a team of picking up trailers and, and guys who are coming into the zone late because you see that that's the transition opportunity that teams prefer because you get into the zone, you're three on two, those two guys are marked immediately and you're just trying to figure out how to exploit. Okay. How do you exploit that third guy? It's usually the guy he slows up. He knows, okay, I've got the puck. I'm now these two guys, these two guys have paired off. They're marked. I have the puck up high. I'm in the center of the ice. I have space. Colorado as a team does a phenomenal job of sifting through the traffic in transition and picking up the trailers. And we just didn't see that tonight on that same level. Now, the Donskoy one, that's a great example. That's not in transition. That's that's a chaotic, like, end zone. (laughs) Not like sense. Yeah, yeah, like, like, there's a lot happening there. You run and, three crossing routes, and it's just yeah. Donskoy, Donskoy's like, "Hey, there's a guy vying for a hat trick, standing alone in front of the net. Let's go pick that cat up." And goes and gets him just in the nick, of, like just perfectly timed. Bang that's bang! Yeah. Great defensive play, and that's that's a that's a that's one of the things that you look for when Colorado really gets locked in, is the way that their forwards contribute defensively. And saw that in the first period. You saw it in shades in the third period. You didn't see it even once in the second period. It was such a disaster. But for them to have that those kinds of extremes in the in the in the game, I think it's pretty telling. Halfway through that game, San Jose had the shot attempt lead. Yeah. It it was down pretty comfy. Down three to one going into the third period, and they do twenty-eight to thirteen in shot attempts at five v five, sixteen to five in scoring chances. Yep. <laughs> so in this, at five v five, they gave up zero high danger chances in the first game of the series. They gave up four in the second game. And tonight, in this one, tonight they gave up ten. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. They gave up 10, eight of which were in the second period. So if you remove that second period. Two and 40 minutes, yeah. It's it's a better defensive. They gave up, mother of God, they gave up 18 scoring chances in the second period. Alone. (laughs) And they gave up eight combined in the first and the third. Yep. Like, that second period period was genuinely – just the worst. Yeah. That's and, and it's so bizarre because you usually like like when the abs got beat up by St. Louis in St. Louis, that last game that they played wasn't very competitive. The blues jumped all over them early and blah blah blah. But like the abs just didn't have it that night. Yep. And that's one thing that you see sometimes. Like sometimes they just don't have it. 
But the first period, they like shelled yeah, San Jose. At five yeah. on five, the Avs were dominant in the first. Outside of one horrible turnover, that was a very great period. Like, well, and and very rarely have we seen this season a situation where the Avs have a great period and then like totally collapse. Yeah. Like there have been some third periods where they've been trailing and they've been trying to come back. They've been making the desperation home run plays and then it's fallen apart on them. San Jose, Minnesota, Vegas, you know, one. Yeah. Yeah. They're all examples of games where those things that happened to them, but very rarely have we seen them have a great period. Because the first period was, I mean, a great period. Yep. They played great hockey outside and of, like, the very – those turnovers really early on. Ghosted the second period then. It, well, yeah. it, it, just so bizarre. And then, like, now they're in desperation mode, which we just haven't seen very much of. They get it 3-2 early on. They make it 3-2, and you're feeling it. You're like, oh, okay, cool. And big then, time, big time break for them yep. on the Jost pick. Yep. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> was absolutely a guys, penalty. That's a penalty. Every imaginable there, were, there were some people who hit me up and were like, he tried to sell that by going down. I'm like, bro, that is a pick. Yo, Broncos need O-linemen, all right? Yeah. I was going to say, dude, if, if, that, if that happens in an NFL game, they call that offensive pass interference. <laughs> like, you can't even do that shit in the NFL anymore. It was such a blatant pick play. And they get, and well, and for them to like, for for them to like hit the post, Berkey hits the post, and then they like score again. Yeah, where you're just like, wait, did he score the first time? Okay, well now he for sure scored. <laughs> I, I it was just it was it was it was yeah. They got really really lucky on that one, but then after that, I mean that's just them doing. They did a good job, and look, the it's not it's not their fault that Martin Jones fell apart. You know. The same way it's not San Jose's fault that Grubauer didn't particularly play great either. You have to overcome that stuff to win games. That's the magic of hockey. You don't have to be great. You just have to be better than the other guy. (laughs) Grubauer with an 852. Jones with an 839. Yahtzee. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys uh, notice the refs and the linesmen kind of in the way a lot tonight? I that at all. I laughed the the power play in the third period where they cleared the puck up and it hit the linesman and it goes right to McCarr. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, this is a <laughs> this is a huge break for them. And then McCarr gives it to McKinnon and McKinnon gives it away immediately. And it was like, <laughs> dude, they really don't have it. I would like, they really don't have, and then they win the game. Yeah. Because what the hell? Yep. I I do wanna point this out. But why does the 15-second rule exist on icings? Because we saw in the third period in this game where the Sharks were clearly like, all right, we're just going to ice the puck until this game ends. Uh, on average, it was 30 seconds plus between face-offs. So, and, and I, I understand this is not like pertaining to this game specifically. Every single game this happens in where the 15 second rule where you have to drop the puck within 15 seconds is just completely ignored. And it like makes face-offs or makes icings a lot less bad. It feels like <laughs> it's just weird to me that the yeah. they'll choose to completely ignore that rule. Yeah. I mean, it's every, every sport kind of has their pace of play rules that they just ignore. Right. Like you ever, you ever watch Raphael on the doll play. Yeah. Well, that my, guy that guy has to spend 45 seconds picking his shorts out of his ass my, between every single point. My thing is in this case in the NHL, I think it's more than pace of play, right? You're you're negating an advantage for the offense because that defense that's been stuck out there gets a little bit of extra rest every single time. Yeah. Especially you know, and it's a little bit more noticeable too when they're just back to back icing the puck. And I <laughs> I do say this because after last game, which the Avs scored three face-off goal to goals, goals, and they did it twice in this game too, where an offensive zone face-off led pretty much directly to a goal. Yes. So the set plays are destroying San Jose, if nothing else. 
I did I did find it amusing the that the San Jose icing became like a thing to follow because they kept waving it off. Yeah. Like Connor Timmons goes back and picks up a puck that is a solid foot behind that end line and they and wave it like off. That. And I'm like I was like, bro, like come on, man. What's up though? Like what's like what's happening here? And then late in the game, they were like icing. Icing, icing like they were it was like the obvious ones where you you could just like sometimes you wonder like does the linesman have somewhere to be does he have does he have the date him, yeah and it's like that guy just wants it's like an 8 30 puck drop that guy's just like oh my god babe come over <laughs> my, yeah I can't, i'm refing that's right i'm refing <laughs> my parents aren't home that's not oh. icing that's not yeah that's not out of no icing boys <laughs> Trip on yeah. no, that's clean. <laughs> it was it was just I don't know. It was it was just sort of odd. And then like the 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 weird part of that that third goal that really kind of was a bolt of lightning of life for the for the Avalanche bench. Uh they lost that face off. Yep. Like we're talking about oh they scored right off a of face off and they lost that sucker. And then Logan Couture just turns it over. Like Landis Cog's just like, thanks, fella, and just walks in front. And again, like, but such an odd play because Martin Jones just doesn't react to it. Yeah. Pretty much that uh that simple. Nineteenth goal of the year for Landy, also. He needs one more for the big twenty. Yep. Um yeah. Uh no reaction from those guys too. Just watching that goal right now, they score and like they they fist bump, um, and they know they got more work to do. Landy yeah, Landy yeah. says something to to, to Rantanen, but it, I can look. Try and uh, I'll try and uh, lip read it while you guys keep going. Yeah, but he but like there's no like they're not excited, they're not amped up. There's nothing right. I just. I want to read into that and say that that's a super good thing because that means, business? yeah, well, they were, they were like, look, yeah. we're okay. Great. Now it's four, three. We still have work to do. You know, we, that was in the first half of the period. And so it was like, all right, now we're down one. We just, we've got to use these last 11 minutes or whatever to, to make this happen. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I, it looks like he says nice effing S <laughs> one more team. That would be my guess on a quick lip read. Who, uh, who, oh, who's that? Turn? Oh my God. It's dude. How bad is Brent Burns? He bad. <laughs> Cause that's his turnover on the Kadri goal. I'm just rewatching yep. this as well. Yep. Minus three for Burns. So he, he grabs this puck, drops it, spins around like a bad Sam Gerard flubs the pass up the wall. Kadri gets it and then walks past Burns and all Burns does is one slap uh, with his stick on his hands. And then if you watch Burns in overtime <laughs> he's horrible. And I've been like since... put, up, put up AJ's face. Just just put it up there. Uh, d- yeah, you should probably explain where this For the comes GW. from. Uh oh, is Allie not there? We caught her by surprise. In short, AJ made a face when he realized how the uh, the overtime goal was playing out. So I did not, I did not see the overtime goal live because I was writing, uh, and I was it was on the second monitor. And so when it, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> I went back and watched it while we were getting ready to start the show, uh, and that was my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> because it was super bad. <laughs> it was super bad. They just gave Burakovsky all the room in the world. I mean, they just backed up and backed up. Like, credit credit for Rantanen, too, to take it outside of the zone. Normally, when that happens, teams will at least have one guy go and pressure the puck and then keep the other two in the zone. And instead, they had all three kind of hang out in Nobody sort of in the zone. like yeah. like Brent Brent Burns was like like the the tip of the pyramid like all the way back right and then Rudolph Spalsers goes across the ice where he thinks McKinnon is but McKinnon's changing Change. yeah. 
And so then Balser stops, and then now, okay, well, now the guy who jumped on the ice, Balser's is with him. But he gone. And, <laughs> like, okay, so that's not his assignment. And then Logan Couture just, Couture just never picks up the puck. And Brent Burns is so far back that, like, Burkowski's just like, oh, I guess I'll walk in then. They're just going to keep letting me skate in with this thing? Nobody ever picks him up. And he just walks right on in and right on in. And I mean, look, I I I was very, very vocal about how awful Brent Burns, I thought Brent Burns was in their playoff series two years ago. I was cataloging how awful he was because I was just like, this guy sucks. He's a horrible defender. Yeah, man, I'm the singer for Smash Mouth. This is, what I, this is my second career. What? <laughs> what? He doesn't look anything like that guy. The one that the one that I always get is Nick Swartzen. I don't know who that Ooh, is. I do. Comedian out yeah. of Minnesota. It's pretty funny. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> or Kevin Smith. I used to get the Kevin Smith one a lot more. Which also, if your beard was head. grown out a little bit more, maybe. Yeah, it, de- well, it kind of depends. My beard just goes through like Faces. cycles of the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that overtime. I mean, they won the face off. They looked for opportunities. They didn't get. They didn't get any. They didn't get too cute. They held on to the puck the entire time. I mean, that's. You remember they used to like lose. They used to lose the face off, and the, the team would roll down, and. McKinnon or or Rantanen would do something stupid and leave somebody yeah. totally wide open yeah. and like seeing the maturity of the team in three on three, even when they've lost this year, like they lost one of their games in overtime because Devontae just stick snaps in half yeah. on a, on a clearing attempt in the crease, you know, like, a, like the, there's been, and that was right after Nathan McKinnon got tripped with the puck. Like there's been some nonsense like, that's I cost mean, the yeah, multi that's games. Two years ago, even when the Avs had the puck, the Avs would get it. And one guy would be like, all right, time to go superhero mode and <laughs> get halfway to the red line and turn it over. And it's like, okay, well. Well, and, and like, I remember that Tampa Bay overtime game in Denver uh, last year. And McKinnon turns it over at the blue line to Kucherov. Yep. He's up high. And he's trying to do all that cute shit, and Kudrov just sticks his stick out and just stops it cold, and then it just skates in a straight line. And it was like, <laughs> not great. You can't make it this easy, dude. <laughs> like, keep it, keep this simple. You can do all the special stuff on a breakaway or whatever, right? But like, otherwise, keep this, keep this simple and basic because mistakes are killer here. In five on five, you can live through a mistake like that. You got a bunch of guys on the ice to help you, and three on three, you don't. And seeing them keep it really simple tonight, I was—it was like, ah, oh, they're growing up, like <laughs> they're maturing in in a format that has eaten them alive the last several years. I don't know. I thought that was encouraging. It was. Yeah. I, I this, I didn't think they were gonna get a point out of this game when the Sharks made it four to two. Oh, I, that's why. I, that's when I started yeah, writing. Right, <laughs> but they, they scored yeah. so early. They scored a minute and eighteen seconds into the third period. I didn't even have time to get going on it. I didn't have yep. time to not believe in them. And then they get scored on two minutes later, and I was like, "Yep, yeah. yep this is done." <laughs> but they did the thing. Now one and eight in games trailing going into the third period. It's the last yeah. one that counts, though, right? It's yeah. the- <laughs> right. I mean. Look, this one brought them to within two points of Vegas, right? Yeah. So two points behind Minnesota. Two points behind Vegas. They have a game in hand. They have a head-to-head. They have an easier schedule. Two points ahead of Minnesota with a game in hand. hand. Yeah. So they're in the driver's seat for the division title now. Let's go. Yep. Also, the Avs are now tied with six other teams having just one win. When trailing after two, so it only all takes of those teams, <laughs> all of those teams except Carolina, have significantly more games in that situation. Carolina is one four and two when trailing after two periods. Wow, yeah, that's incredibly impressive. Not an easy out. Yeah. 
Detroit now the only team in the league without a win. They are 0-23-1. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell is that statistic? (laughs) Yeah. That the the scary part about that statistic is that means they have significantly further losses when they weren't trailing going into the third period. Because they um, have they have twenty seven regulation losses and nine OT losses. Yeah, this does not um for some reason they don't have a tide on here, so I don't sure. know what that's but they're not they're not they're they're not blowing leads. So if if they're tied going into the third, they might as well be trailing, basically. <laughs> yes. Because uh Detroit is 14, 14 0 and three when entering okay. the third period. Went leading. So yeah, yeah. A tie is basically Detroit is lost. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> the worst team in the NHL this year. Uh you can say the Buffalo Savers, you're allowed yeah. to say that. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking. <laughs> Yeah, they're eight, one, and three hmm. when leading after two. Wow, they don't lead very much. Nope. <laughs> and they are two twenty-seven and two when entering the third period trailing. So that's wow. Cool. Wow. Uh, if you guys will give me a sec, I'll give you what the Avs are in Jared Bednar's tenure. Ooh, baby! Wow. What? Blaze, where where do you go with a game like this if you're Colorado? If if you're Jared Bednar, how much of today, tomorrow is let's look at this tape? Or how much <laughs> of think... it is don't do that again in the second period? As AJ I, mean, like... I, think, I think there's a lot to look at in that second period yeah? because okay. like if you want to sit uh, sit out there and start pointing out like things that you're doing wrong in positions. Uh, not being played correctly there. That's like, basically you could just take that whole period and watch it straight through and pause, play, pause, play. Do the, uh, <laughs> do the Peyton Manning. <laughs> All right. I'm going to run this until whoever admits they were wrong. <laughs> you imagine that's like like, a... in like Peyton Manning, like sitting in like the meeting room and with a little clicker <laughs> and just like staring at everybody. <laughs> Who's going to own it. <laughs> With that like giant ass forehead of his, like glaring, <laughs> like the light like glaring off of it, and it's all red, and you're just like, oh, he's so mad right now. <laughs> I, I'm part of my head. I, I know it's not the case, but I want to believe that it's Miko that does that for the Avs, and every play he just like he puts it up there, shows it, and breaks a stick, <laughs> shows it again, breaks another <laughs> stick. I feel like. I feel like Miko is the guy that they have to tell to calm down during video sessions because he <laughs> he chirps everybody when they talk about somebody doing something wrong. He gets he like rides them, and they're like, "Okay, think- all right, all right, peanut gallery, chill out." <laughs> you don't think he's like the what the presser where he's just like pissed off, like just over in the corner, just fuming, mad yeah, about no, everything. Really, like, Miko, Miko, like. I, I mean, again, it's, Yo, this, no, this, you, lose, you lose some touch because you haven't been in a locker room in a year, right? But yeah. that's this, not a guy that I see get angry very often. 100% yeah. in the in the film studies, Miko is the guy going, yeah, that one's the ref's fault because he didn't call the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like Benzie, back it up 10 more seconds and watch this bullshit at the other blue line. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, I did not think this was going to be a, a happy podcast, but here we are. Yeah, it wasn't looking like it. So, uh, just uh, to to guys to let you guys know, and uh, this is really just going to drive home how awful sixteen seventeen oh, was. God, in Jared Bednar's tenure, the Avalanche are last in the NHL with eleven wins when trailing after two periods. Jesus, just eleven. They are three behind Detroit in that time. Uh, they are 11, 108, and 15. Wow. <laughs> how many like how many total losses does Jared Bednar have? So that's when trailing after two. Yeah. I, uh, I for comparison, that is a so that's a 0.082 uh, 
win percentage when trailing after two, uh, which is actually better than Detroit's. Detroit's is .078 because they are 14, 154, and 11. What? 154. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, if we remove the year that shall not be named, <laughs> Colorado, the funniest part is Colorado loses three of their wins. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. But they lose a ton of their losses. It's got to be like 30 off the losses. Yeah. At least, so yeah. They, were, they were 11, 108, and 15. If you don't count 2016-17 in that time since then where they've been a playoff team, they are 8-67-12. and 12. <laughs> That 41 losses trailing into the third <laughs> in 16-17. Oh, my God. It, that is with tonight. Yeah. That, is a, that was a bad year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it really goes to show. I mean, and they just less and less every year. Uh, they spend, they go into the third trailing. Yep. So, yeah. Somebody said, now do wah. <laughs> no, thanks. <Hold> on. <laughs> One, two, three. There we go. Oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, in those three years, the ads were fifth in that stat. Uh, they were 1971 and seven. Yeah, but now take away. 13 14 and they'll have like seven <laughs> <laughs> 1971 and seven and then they go to in those two years 11 53 and four it's okay so only six comebackers that year which is still like an insane amount but um Whew. all right the even the even funnier one is if you look at um out shooting versus out shot oh god yeah. i think the abs had i think the abs had in 2013-14 that that crazy year i think they had like 35 wins where they were outshot heavily <laughs> yeah yep i remember i remember a handful of shots that are 20 to 40 wins for the <laughs> oh I was, I was right yeah they were they had 35 wins when they were outshot by their opponent that was the year too with like puck possession time was like outrageous as well, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. They, they had none. Yeah. <laughs> Declined puck possession. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's actually let's look at this year's in this. I haven't actually looked at it all this year. Wins when outshot by two. their opponent. Oh yeah, the abs are at the very bottom. They only have five wins when outshot by the five. their opponent. Yeah. For the record hard to do though. They yeah. are five, two, and two in those situations. So nine games total. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take um, it. And then wins when they outshoot their opponent. They lead the NHL by several. They they are twenty nine, ten, and two. <laughs> they lead the entire NHL in regulation wins, right? Uh, maybe. Uh, after would... tonight they do yeah edmonton has 29 and after tonight colorado has 30 so they yeah they don't mess around with that the, they don't mess around with overtime very much compared yep. to other to other teams yep like if you look at the difference between their edmonton doesn't either because edmonton only has 31 rows and 29 regulation wins but you look at like vegas they have 28 regulation wins and 35 rows so I mentioned this in my article the other day to keep that in mind that Colorado has the first tiebreaker. So if they go, if they do end up in a tie, uh, regulation wins as first tiebreaker and they have that advantage right now. They have a two win advantage over Vegas currently for them in to that, tie in that category. Colorado would have to maintain that lead for them to tie. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and uh, they Vegas only has a one advantage in rows as well, so that could be made up in the the game in hand that they have. Yep. Uh, which would then get them to the the third tiebreaker. And if they do win that game, that gets the head to head tiebreaker as well. So. Yeah. Um, which is total wins. Yeah. And then and then head to head. It's crazy that head to head is like. So far down the list. Yeah. Yeah. yeah personally, people keep asking, who do you guys prefer to play? I don't give a shit. 
bring anybody on. I'm not afraid of any of it. Oh, Mavs nice. shouldn't be. They match up well with everyone yeah. in, in some way. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's getting interesting. You know, there was there was a time tonight where it looked like Vegas was going to win and Colorado was going to lose. <laughs> and then the first period started and San Jose, San Jose scores on Colorado and then uh, Minnesota scored twice in the last 90 seconds to erase Vegas's epic collapse. Yeah. To not even get to overtime in that game. Yeah. I thought that was an overtime win, too. And then I went back and looked at it. And I was like, oh, that was in regulation. That's that's tough. Two goals in the last 90 seconds. Like Caprizo yeah. tied it. And everybody was like, oh, they're going to go in overtime. And then Minnesota scored on the next shift. <laughs> uh, a shot from Jonas Brodeen hit two dudes and bounced in. <laughs> it's a sign. So they, so they have uh, the two point lead on Minnesota and a game in hand. As Look, well. There's, is there a world where in all Vegas, the tiebreaker advantages? Is there a world where Vegas falls to three? Yeah, I mean, at this point, totally, man. Yeah, like man, they have the same four points behind them. The thing is, though, is that there's only they only have five games left. Yeah. Right, it'd have to happen. And they have a head, I believe they have a head-to-head remaining. But, so they have a head-to-head, and then Colorado could help Minnesota if they do the job against Vegas. Well, and you keep in mind that at the moment, Vegas only has one win in their franchise's history in Minnesota. Yeah, they are bad in Minnesota. So, I mean, look, if Colorado, if Colorado ends up with a playoff path of St. Louis and Minnesota, I think that sucks for us. Because we've been wanting – I mean, I think that sucks for everybody because everybody wants Colorado Vegas. Yeah. and But we don't want it in the first round. We want it specifically in round two <laughs> for the chance to go to the what would be the conference finals. Yep. Yep. But uh, Vegas can't seem to handle the Wild. And, you know, the last two games between St. Louis and Colorado certainly weren't the most encouraging thing in the world. Nope. You know, some serious caveats about – Grubauer didn't play either one of those games. <laughs> Grubauer's played they, three games all year. Yeah, like the abs, the abs, some injuries. The abs, the abs were missing some 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 cats. The same way that there were caveats with the Blues abs earlier in the season, where you're like, St. Louis is missing all these guys. Yep. So, well, should be interesting. It's it's. It was it, it. There was a little bit of justice tonight. It felt good being. The, seeing the abs be the team to eliminate the sharks officially two years after the game seven between them and you know just watching the teams go in divergent directions and uh i don't know i i liked it i liked i i kind of liked especially the comeback win where it was just like man there's a, there's a little extra, it. it's the salt sprinkle when you get the playoff elimination yeah it feels one like now six and one against san jose on the season yep wow so yep not too shabby be great to see them finish it off uh here in two days but yeah we'll see on wednesday i guess this was this was um All right. <laughs> We're going to get out of here. Any final thoughts you want to add, Blaze? Does New Hook play on Wednesday? No way. No, no way. way. Later. No Later. Way. I don't think he plays at all. Oh, really? Oh, I, dis- I disagree completely. Especially after tonight, I think that Bednar is going to be like, low-key, I wonder if Carl Soderberg stays in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Because... Look, I'm here for it. I, I would love it. I, I mean... The big thing that you bring New Hook into the lineup for is juice. You want that 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 extra the, the extra skater. You want a guy that's gonna drop in and you know do something. And I don't think Soderberg has been bad. I just think He's that been a guy. I just think that when you talk which spot could you realistically upgrade here that's that's the guy that i look at and say yep i would keep that uh, confer belmar and and sherwood i'm fine with the role that they continue to play i like sherwood man i have no like i i hate seeing loc done for the season with the with with the surgery and 
who knows with Calvert. Like I hate that because yeah, I love yeah. both those. I love watching both of those guys play, and they both they both bring an important element. And you look at it; they bring juice. Both yeah. of those guys they bring they bring the speed element to that fourth line that's not really there right now. But Sherwood's Sherwood is filling that role really nicely um, with Newhook though. I think I think Soderberg would be my first odd man out. As as Chet has brought up, he should Newhook should be banned from stepping on the ice until he gets that number changed. <laughs> <laughs> it's been funny to watch like old school Avs fans be like, it's cursed. <laughs> and then some people be like, What are you guys what? talking about? This isn't cursed. Like Adam Denmarsh wore this number. Well, you like can't, Alex Tangay wore this number. You can't look at it because the curse is like guys like Jesse Winchester. Yeah, Jesse Winchester, Jennings. who officially never played for the Avs because he got hurt in the third preseason game in Calgary and never played in NHL again. And, and Connor Timmons has never officially worn 18 either because he didn't play that entire year. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, it's cursed. I, the, Rudo, you and I sat there and told Connor Timmons yeah. all about the curse <laughs> yeah, on this podcast. <laughs> he was like, I had no idea. He was like, I don't know about that. They just give us mm-hmm. numbers <laughs> completely <laughs> out of our control. You think it's an accident that that dude's wearing 22 right now? <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 18 players get traded. Denmark got traded too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, 18's a bad number. Get it out of here. <laughs> Watch, New Hook's gonna end up being—he's gonna be so good that they have to retire eighteen, <laughs> and the curse solves itself. That, dude, the the numbers would be getting thin if you retire eighteen. You have eighteen, nineteen, and twenty-one retired. Someone's got to get twenty, and then you got a whole whole row. Yeah. Well, and then I mean, then you also have all the ones in the nineties, right? Yeah, I mean they're already cornering the market of 90s for sure yeah because <laughs> 92 and 96 aren't getting worn by anybody else they need to start take they have 77 and 33 too they got a couple doubles up there yeah no i don't there's no doubles that'll get retired on the team right now is there because timmons is 22 calvert was 11 no i can't think of Someone's forty. Sherwood's forty-four right now, right? That that, that so many people have worn that number. That I have no Nolan idea. Pratt, Mark Barberio special. Yep, no one's fifty-five right now. Eighty-one would be such a good new hook number. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that would be such a good new hook number. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're, we're <sighs> off in Tangentville here, so yeah. we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, I promise we'll talk about banning Tom Wilson for life tomorrow. (laughs) Other than that, thank you everyone for watching, listening. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Again, that helps us out a ton. If you really like us, go sign up for a membership over at thednvr.com. Of course, you can always check us out as a podcast if YouTube isn't your thing. Also, uh, if you're into that thing kind of thing, the Saturday video is now back up on youtube if you want to watch that massive a show <laughs> have fun i was a little tipsy during that whole thing i, I, I <laughs> somehow it got unlisted on youtube and i had like multiple people asking me like i need i have to watch this where is it? <laughs> so you guys can enjoy that one as well thank you again and we will talk to you guys tomorrow